All right, welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. It is June 15th, 2020. Um, the MLB draft happened uh, fairly recently. The Twins had four picks. Um, they traded, they uh, forfeited their second round pick um, when they acquired Josh Donaldson. Um, Malcolm, why don't you give a small overview of the Twins' first round pick? We also lost a pick when we traded. Uh, for, we traded a pick for Kenta Maeda. That's right. Um, yeah. Because in the MLB draft, you can't trade any of your picks except for there's these special compensation picks that you get for being a low market team. Like basically if you have a smaller payroll and less revenue, you get an extra draft pick. Mm-hmm. And that's the only draft picks you're allowed to trade are those picks. And the Twins traded that for Kenta Maeda. So that's we – we would have had six picks had we not traded them or lost them for signing free agents. But – yeah, we ended up with four picks in five rounds. Our first round pick was Aaron Sabato. He's a first baseman, DH from North Carolina, University of North Carolina. And he has a lot of power and is very limited defensively. Yeah, um, so he's, I mean, he's kind of like your Nelson Cruz, Miguel Sano kind of guy. You know, he's going to give you a lot of pop. Um, he set, I think it was the record for in his conference for the most home runs he had like 25 last year something like that he had a crazy slash line he was just he went off um offensively of course defensively um of course not the best he can play first base he'd primarily be a dh i'm not really quite 100 percent sure what the twins are doing with this potentially if um if they really think that miguel sano can um, be a solid first baseman in the future and stay at first base because first base and first base is an easier position. Um, it'll be easier on, on him. Um, maybe they're thinking that like after Nelson Cruz retires, that Aaron Sabato will put like fill in his spot. But um, I think this pick it's not it's not necessarily a bad one. Uh, it's about what I expected. Um, yeah, and picking a college hitter in the first round is about or I mean picking them in any round is about as reliable a pick as you're going to get like you it's risky to take a high school player or a college pitcher because there's just more risk to picking pitchers overall but it's a safe pick it's a, the kind of he's hopefully going to be in the major leagues in two to three years because he's the guy with good power if you're trying to compare him to current major league players he comps well with Pete Alonso the Mets slugger who won the rookie of the year this year and that's the kind of player we're hoping he turns out to be, like a decent first baseman who can hit for a lot of power, get on base at a pretty good clip. Yeah, um, I don't know. He he's yeah, he's a really, really pure hitter. Um I was I was um told he's like got the I he has like the second um highest pop out of a lefty in the entire draft behind um Heston Kerstad. Um I mean that yeah. I but but again like speed wasn't really a big deal for the twins last year we stole not like we didn't steal like at all um but i don't know i guess we're gonna have to find out maybe uh, but it's also kind of like he went to north carolina right because they've got a they've got a really good program over there and um so i think we'll have to spend he'll have to spend some time in our farm system which is we have a really good farm system and um i guess we'll kind of see what happens with them Hopefully he uh, can do really well. Yeah, he's shown he can hit against high-level college competitions. We'll hope that can carry over the major leagues. Totally. In the second round, the Twins took Alaric Soleri. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. We're going to need to learn that. Yeah. 
before he makes the majors, but he's a center fielder, left fielder, really. Um, fairly fast. He's got a good bat, hit well in college, and the Twins are just hoping that he's a pretty toolsy player. He can turn that into success in the majors. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, yeah, it, it should be uh, should be pretty fun. Uh, I don't know. I hope I hope he. I'm not really sure what the Twins were looking for here. It wasn't a. I'm not going to say it was an amazing pick because I don't think it was. I was thinking we were going to go for a pitcher. Um, again, I'll get into that uh, later, but they, yeah, they didn't. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised with this pick. Not super mad about it though. Um, so then in the fourth round, the Twins got a uh, right-handed pitcher Marco Raya. Um, from United South High School in Texas. This is a kind of high-risk, high-reward um, situation. I, I watched some tape of him. He's got really good stuff. He's got a about an average fastball, but, like, his secondary pitches, like, I think he's got a really good slider, and that's, like, his, his strikeout, like, stuff. He's got really good stuff. It's kind of just, like, again, he's the high schooler. It could go either way, you know? He could. He I could, mean, like we were yeah. saying before about Sabato, where he's like the safe pick because he's a college power hitter. Raya's the opposite. A high school pitcher is about as risky as a pick you're gonna, yeah, make. And he's not a particularly big guy, and he can't throw incredibly hard, but he throws hard enough and's got good breaking stuff. And with some good coaching, he turned quite the player. Yeah, definitely. Um. I think it, it, overall it wasn't um, that. I feel like that's a that's a relatively good pick because um, the Twins. I, I wouldn't say we're lacking um, pitchers in our farm system, but I'm definitely happy to have extra arms in it. You know, um, so yeah. then in our fi- our final pick, which was in the fifth round, I think um, we got Kalai. I think is how you pronounce it, Kalai Rosario from Waiakea High School in Hawaii. So this is another high school player. He's an outfielder, and um, I don't know about this pick, man. He uh, not very fast, not not a very fast player. I mean, just about all he's got is just straight raw power. He's slow, not a great fielder, not a great arm. Yeah, and doesn't he play center but field too? That's like doesn't really... even have a great contact bat. He's not going to stick in center field. Yeah, that's what I was He profiles like... more as probably long-term, maybe right, right field, yeah. but – Honestly, first base or DH, which doesn't match well with Sabato. But the thing he has, he has a ton of power in his bat. This when just a couple of years ago, he hit he had a 105 exit velocity as a junior in high school. Like, so he's clearly could hit the ball really hard. And yeah. the Twins just hoping he can make something out of that. Right. Um, so yeah, that was all of the uh, picks that the Twins got. Again, it was a shortened draft because of the. Um, because of coronavirus and uh, which was a really big bummer, but it was, it was a uh, fun. Also again, Max Myers um, from the Minnesota Gophers got drafted third overall Max Myers. I'm sorry. Uh, to the Miami Marlins, which is cool. First pitcher drafted on the, uh, in uh, this year's draft, which is, uh, you know, congrats to him. He was a really, really solid shutout pitcher for the Gophers. He grew up in Woodbury, Minnesota. So sure. it's, Another hometown player getting yeah. going high. Um, um, 
Uh, the Twins also, because of the shortened draft, there's lots of undrafted free agents people are going to sign. And the most you can sign any undrafted free agent for is $20,000, which is low. But uh, the mm-hmm. Twins have already signed one player, John Stankiewicz. Yeah. Um, he's a pitcher, and he had incredible numbers in college. He wasn't really playing at a high level, but he's a really good pitcher, and that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, for Max Meyer, uh, I just it says on baseball reference that he's a pitcher and a right fielder, and I didn't know that. I don't think did he play any right field at all? I think he um, played a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, this this past year, uh his age twenty one season, so a little bit older, um, for a draft pick, uh went three and one with a one nine five ERA in four game only four games. So um here, let's look at his um I know that People were nervous about him just because yeah. he's had arm trouble in the past. He has, yeah. And he's got – he throws really hard with, like, a – like a he's got a lot of whip in his motion, so he has a high injury risk, but his potential is through the roof. Yeah. And that's – again, it's kind of like a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy, except he's been to college, so it's not like – so I know he – like, he's older and he's – he's he could be in the majors, like, soon, you know? Not necessarily – not necessarily next year, but, like, you know – approaching like next year the the year after he he could be in um i don't know if he do you think he's gonna start in like um do you think he's gonna start at all or does he just not is that i think he'll start you gotta try if you pick a guy third overall you gotta try starting him it's just yeah take someone that high it's sort of like with bruce Dargraderall. if you're gonna trade him for mookie bet at least try him out as a starter but then right. they didn't try trade him for mookie bets i thought he was a reliever and just relievers aren't near as valuable as starters. Yeah. That was a weird trade. Um, but, yeah. So, so I think that's all the time we have for this first segment. We can come back in a minute with more talk about when baseball is going to resume. All right. Welcome back to uh, the second segment of Bomba Breakdown. Now, um, before we get into this next segment, uh, I'll have you know that this segment was recorded uh, just about a week after the previous segment. Um, we, uh, we, yeah, so we recorded the draft segment uh, about a week before what we're about to have here. So, um, Malcolm, uh, nice to talk to you again. It is, wow, it's a big day for baseball. I mean, really, yesterday's a big day, but yeah, we're going to have. Base, we just found out we're going to have baseball in 2020. There's going to be a 60-game season with games starting, like, late July and playing through the normal time we'd end and have playoffs. And it should be exciting because the Twins have a really good team this year. I'm glad we get to see it. Yeah. Um, so, the uh, there, there's, of course, a lot of a lot of different things that are um, – you know, when, when this, first, this deal was first offered – I think I was more optimistic than I was before it was offered because, you know, the owner, the, everybody was saying, like, yeah, we're not going to make any more offers. It's probably not going to happen, you know, stuff like that. And now that now it's like now, I mean, it's obviously happening. Um, it's it's not just like another offer that sounds pretty good has been made. It's an offer has been made. It's been accepted. They've cleared all those hurdles and it's happening. Yeah. And I was getting very pessimistic that we were going to get anything because it was basically they rejected each other as like quote unquote final offers. And everyone said, it's just down to Rob Manfred and Rob Manfred has ter- handled this whole situation very poorly. And so I wasn't really yeah. 
putting much faith in him, but he came through. He, we got baseball. Somehow a deal happened, and I'm not sure how it happened or why the players – I'm not entirely sure why the players agreed to it. I'm still not super clear on how they're going to prevent the spread of COVID. They've done lots of – I mean, like, supposedly the players agreed to the health and safety procedures, and they talked about making sure it's safe, but all the discussion recently has been about the financial side, and I'm not really clear on what their plan is to keep players safe, but I'm – Yeah, um, I know they were saying, like, their top priority was safety, but then I didn't really – hear too much about like what they're actually doing to implement that um and then uh so there's kind of like two divisions in in a sense there's like the al central and nl central will be playing um each other all all season so for the twins who are making um the the playoffs will require either winning the al central or one of the al's two wild card spots and they'll only be playing at AL Central and NL Central teams with zero games against the AL East and AL West. So, like, the Yankees and um, uh, Red Sox and stuff like that, we're not going to be playing any games against them. Um, so, we have arguably the – I haven't looked at too many other teams' schedules, but I think we have probably the easiest schedule in baseball. We have um, lots of games against the Royals, Tigers, Pirates. It's uh, – this this – I mean, I don't want to jinx it and stuff, and maybe it wouldn't be as like as cool of a moment for a lot of Twins fans, but this could be our year, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's we do have a very easy schedule. But based off of last year's schedules, the Twins have the lowest winning percentage of, of their opponents of any team. And so, and we don't have to face the Yankees, which for yeah. the Twins is always great to not have to play the Yankees. That never seems to go well. Yeah. Hopefully we won't have to see oh, them yeah. in the playoffs, but if we do, we'll just have to deal with that when the time comes. But yeah, yeah we should be able to beat up um, on 20 games against Tigers and Royals and five games against the Pirates should be games that we should take handily. And I honestly don't think the White Sox or Cleveland are even that good of teams to compete with. Yeah. I mean, there are all these like White Sox fans who are here saying like, "Yeah, World Series bound, baby." Okay, you had a they had a really good offseason. I'll admit that they had a really good offseason. They made a lot of good moves. They'll be really good in the future. But like Luis Robert, who's gonna say that this year he's gonna be this like phenomenal player? You know, like people people were thinking Vladdy would be like a top player in the game, and he really hasn't shown anything. Look, you know, like he 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 did really well in the home run derby. He derby he has a lot of pizzazz. Good player. But, like, to me, he didn't show too much. And so I'm just thinking, like, can the White, White Sox really just say, yeah, we're going to win the World Series? We have, like, this, like, top prospect in the game. We got a lot of new players. Yeah, you're right. It's so rare that prospects actually come up and are immediately, like, successful. They immediately are have an impact in the game. There's lots of guys, like, yeah, like, look at Mike Vlad Guerrero. His first year didn't didn't do anything. Major League you know? pitching is a big jump from AAA. It's not an easy thing to do, or even it is. from AA especially, like, the pitchers are the best in the world at this level. At AAA, they're, like, really good pitchers. Exactly. Major League Baseball, you're facing the best pitch in the world, and it's not easy to get used to that, even if you're an incredible athlete like Vlad Guerrero or take Byron Buxton. He was the number one prospect in baseball, and people are touting him as the next Mike Trout. He comes up to the major leagues, and he has struggled his entire career. He's never been able to consistently hit. And part of that is that yeah. he wasn't fully – he wasn't entirely, like, there for his bat. But also – he was considered a very good hitting prospect, and he just hasn't been able to make the jump. So there's no way to know that Luis Roberts is going to just immediately be an impact bat for the White Sox. Yeah. 
Um, also, so there are some injury things. Um, there's like who who is healthy? You know that I feel like that's a that's a big question people have been asking. Um, Hill uh, is like the one who's I, I think um, Hill was rehabbing from the uh, in, for, from his injury uh, a while back, and he is I is he is he going to be? I think he's going to be ready by the by the time the season starts. But um, I think for me the biggest thing, Byron Buxton. Um, was like racing to get into that opening day lineup, you know, like the original opening day lineup. And it's like, okay, that's good. You know, we want him in our opening day lineup, but it's like, you don't want to rush things and just get like injured for the rest of the season. He's been, he's been back for months. He's been healthy since like opening day time. And he's like, he's just so imagine how like, he's just, just imagine how excited you'd be to just get, be able to get out there again and play, you know, like spring training 2.0, I feel is going to be more important than spring training, like the original one. Like for guys like Buxton, we we didn't see Buxton in spring training. We we're going to see him now, and I'm so excited to see Buxton. Yeah, it's great that Buxton is going to be healthy. And with Rich Hill, he claims he's going to be healthy. At least we'll have to see how that really turns out. But it'd be great to have him yeah. because he, when he's healthy, has been a great pitcher. His rate stats are incredible. He's just Down unable to stay on the field. If he can do that during the shortened season, and Barrios and Odorizzi can do what they did before the All Star break last year the Twins would have an elite pitching staff to go with their record-setting offense. Um, also, yeah. this spring training 2.0 is going to be shorter than the normal spring training by a good amount. I mean, the pitchers have like three weeks to get their arms from playing catch right now to game form. And so there's no way the pitchers yeah. are completely ready to go on opening day. And there's going to be a lot of reliance on the bullpen because pitchers aren't going to be ready to go seven or eight innings in the start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think – I think the players, though, though, though it's kind of like a really quick start, they're kind of like, I mean, they had that whole when and where thing. I think they're just really happy to play, you know? Um, so some new things. Here's some just like new additions. Uh, so like both of the leagues are going to use, it's going to be universal DH. Which um, I, per, I would like to say that I am not a huge fan of DH. I think pitchers should have to hit if they're going to be major league baseball players. You don't say that. Byron Buxton's a great fielder, but he can't hit, so he gets someone to hit for him. Like, it's part of the job being a baseball player. You yeah. can't just, like, in basketball, have a defensive player who, like, steps off the court and then an offensive player goes on when they're on offense and they switch back. Like, yeah. every other sport, you have to do the whole part of your job. You don't just get to pick one part and play that part. So I don't like the DH yeah. for that reason, but I do have to say that if you're going to have a DH in one league, you have to have it in both leagues. It doesn't make any sense to have it in one league and not the other. It totally throws off, like, you're comparing stats between leagues for like pitchers and stuff especially now that it's we're not playing so many NL teams. american league pitchers basically or american league, national league pitchers basically get a free out every time through the order yeah. so it's not really a fair comparison yeah right um and i think uh yeah it's 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 tough because i i mean i'm not I can't really complain too much because, like, yeah, we get Nelson Cruz for every single game. Um, unless he's, like, benched for, like, a, a game or something. You know, he needs to sit out. But, like, we get Nelson Cruz consistently instead of – and we're playing a lot of NL teams and we still get Nelson Cruz. I think it's going to be hard for, like, either the NL to change to a universal DH or the AL to change to a universal – uh, or to change to, like, pitchers hitting in the future. But I feel like – some people are saying, like, what if the NL switches to a DH now? You know, what if that happens? 
which again, like you, I feel like isn't really a fair, which isn't really fair. I mean, it makes it fair on both for both leagues, but I feel like it's not really fair that the pitcher just has to pitch and not hit. I mean, pitchers have to be extremely athletic to pitch. It's a really, really, really tough job, but I feel like you should also have to hit. Cause, yeah, and there's you know, lots of, of I mean, there's lots of young players now who at least are coming up as, not lots, I should say. There's a few players now who are coming up as like two way players, like there's Brendan McKay with the Rays, and there's Shohei Otani, the big one, came from Japan. Michael Lorenzen, relatively. Yeah, there's lots I of guess. guys who are now. You can see that it's possible to do both if you work hard. It's just that for so long, pitchers just specialized in one part of the game, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And but now they're going to the full time DH. It, makes it kind of pointless to be able to do both those things. Another rule change MLB is yeah. adding this year. They're adding a separate injured list for co- players with COVID-19 symptoms. Um, basically, so that teams, if a player is exhibiting symptoms or whatever, team could put them on the COVID-19 injured list, and then they aren't a part of the roster. And then if they come back with like a negative test or whatever, they don't need to wait on the 10-day injured list to put them back in. Or they oh, can yeah. keep them longer if they're like, if they do have a positive test, you can keep them out for two, three weeks to let them get over it. So it's like they're adding a new injured list just for players that have possible COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, something else is that so there aren't minor league games being played. And so teams are allowed to carry uh, 60 players uh, over the course of the entire season. Um, half being designated for their taxi squad is what it's called. Um, because the like lead up to the season is three and a half weeks. Teams will begin the season with 30 man rosters for the two first two weeks of games. And then the rosters will be reduced to 28 for the following weeks and then to 26. And, um, so in another attempt to like reduce the length of games, they don't want to have long games. Extra innings are going to begin with a run- runner on second base until one team emerges victorious and so like like right i'm so happy at least no regular season games are allowed to end in a tie i just think like having a runner on second base kind of gives you like a really big advantage i hate that rule zero outs and a so much base. Putting a that's on so dumb base because baseball so has dumb. every ever since baseball started like there's been a few things i've stayed consistent you've played nine innings unless it was tied exactly yeah there's nine base are 90 feet apart you have four balls for walk and three balls for strike, and every inning starts with nobody on base and no outs and no count. So if you're just changing that, yeah. it's just getting rid of a fundamental part of the game. Every th- inning starts the same. And it just, like, completely throws off everything we know about the game of baseball. Even for, like, little stuff like yeah. the stats. Does a pitcher get charged with an earned run if you let the runner score from second? That doesn't seem fair. You exactly. left one single, exactly. and all of a sudden yeah. it's blowing up your ERA. Like, it's just it, – I and the other thing is – Extra inning games are when baseball is at its finest. I love baseball when you're going to extra innings. That's what you watch for. And people make the argument like, right. yeah, it's exhausting for players to play those games because like they're playing 162 games a year, or now only 60, though. And they, to have to play those extra innings could really make them more exhausted. But if I was, a, as a player, I know that I love playing extra innings games. And yes, I haven't played every night ever, but that's what makes you want to play. It's hard sometimes to yeah. get up for a game in the middle of August when you're eight games out of the pennant race. But if you're, if you go to extra innings and you realize that any swing can win the game, that's what gets you into the game. That's what the players play for. And why would yeah. they not want to just play extra innings the way extra innings are meant to be played? Yeah, um, exactly. I think extra innings are a part of the game. That's just uh, like, I think 
I, I think the longest game I've played in my like this is a few years ago. I played a like a thirteen inning game, right? And our games were six innings, so it went over twice the length. Um, and it was just back and forth, back and forth, and it was insane. It, and you would think, oh, that's so boring, you know, no runs were scored for through like six innings, and then finally that last inning there were runs scored. But we were having so much fun out there, knowing that like, oh god, if this guy gets a hit then we got to really be like, then if this guy gets, because we were the away team, like if this guy gets like, say a double, we really got to pay attention to like, you know, you know, it, it, everything is so much more. Intense. Yeah. And, and I love, we went games. to an 18 inning twins game this year. I saw you there and that was the twins lost. Yes, but sir. still one of my favorite games I've ever watched because 18 games, 18 innings, 18 cause that was like, you yeah. have to watch two entire games of baseball. And for that entire second game, exactly. any team that would have scored would have won the game. And no one scored until the 18th inning, which is just like, that was so awesome to watch. And the strategy that goes on is a manager's trying to prevent a run at all costs. Exactly. And like and keep pitchers help or like keep pitchers like. Of, and they aren't trying to score three runs. They're just trying to get one run. So there'll be more of that little like trying to get one runner in. You're stealing bases. And it's just the game's on the line exactly. with every yeah. swing. And that's so exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, so the Twins rotation two is something else to think about um the twins uh re-signed Pineda to a two-year 20 million dollar uh contract they uh they did so assuming that he'd be like eligible for like the last 123 games I think it would be of the 2020 season after like 39 games left on his uh suspension suspension so um his uh, the length of his um, suspension likely won't be changed by the MLB, even though the season isn't 162 games. So he goes from like, it, it's kind of going to be like, he's going to be ineligible for about two thirds of the games. Um, but he like, he'll be eligible for the playoffs if the twins get there. And he was really good in the playoffs last year. Um, so here are some like ideas for the uh, twins starting pitching. Like say if Hill like, um, like avoids a setback and like it, it can actually be healthy by opening day, we could have okay Jose Barrios, um, Jake Odorizzi, Kenta Maeda, Homer Bailey, and Rich Hill, which I find to be a really really strong. Um, that's a really solid really, five really man strong. rotation. And then yeah. if anyone goes down with yeah. an injury before, um. Rich, before Pineda can come back, you've got Randy Dobnak, who was elite for the Twins last year. He doesn't have incredible stuff, yeah. but he was able to get it done last year. He gets the year, job done. Except for the playoffs against the Yankees, but that's not his fault. That's yeah. just the Twins at Yankee Everybody's, Stadium. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. like, um, you also have Devin Smeltzer and Lewis Thorpe, who are both top. Yeah. Or Thorpe is more of a top prospect. But they're both pitching prospects that are – probably going to be in long relief roles this year and could see serious time, especially early in the year when starters are going three or four innings, you could bring another starter to go another three or four after them. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, also like an opener might be used a lot this, this spring training, just considering like, especially for the first couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the twins rotation is probably the most underrated rotation in the league there are there's a very small amount of teams that have like um average or like better rotation options because like we have five like we have 
we have five like experienced pitchers to start. And I think, I mean, people are like saying Jose Brios is this dark horse sign candidate, which I think he could be, but I feel like Kenta Maeda is overall the more consistently talented player for this year. Um, I mean, maybe Brios could again, like start strong. And since there's not really going to be that second half of the season, like there is in 162 games, maybe Brios will just like shut out everybody. But like, I feel like Kenta Maeda is, again, a really underrated addition to the uh, rotation. Uh, We've got, again, Jose Brios, who struggles in the second half of the year, maybe could just keep it consistent for this 60 game and the playoff and the playoffs. And then Oda Rizzi, who really found himself a lot of himself last year. Kenta Maeda, again, a really underrated rotation, Um, uh, like addition to the rotation. People are saying that the Twins missed out on a lot of big guys, which I think we did, but I think having Josh Allenson and then now Ken Maeda is definitely a big addition. Homer Bailey, not as hot on him, but I mean, you know, we can, we'll see. And Michael Pineda can come back and um, Randy Dobnak, Dem Smeltzer, Lewis Thorpe again. Um, and then Rich Hill um, is, if he's healthy, is dominant. Um, so I think the twins have, a full like a full stack team our lineup is stacked our rotation is less stacked but we got a really solid rotation and our relievers were elite last year duffy rogers may we have an elite relief pitcher yeah and the thing about our rotation is we don't have like that known proven ace at the top of the staff we don't have a Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom or Max Scherzer, but we do have just depth of pitchers. We've got – yeah, and Jose Brios could turn into one of those guys. The thing about um, Kenta Maeda is that he's sort of a proven quantity. We know he's just going to be a good, consistent, solid pitcher. He's not going to – he's probably not going to shock you with a two-run ERA, but he's also not going to blow up and have a five-run ERA. He's going to be pretty solidly consistent, like mid to low threes, and that's just what we're counting on. But Brios, he could blow up. There's easily that possibility, but he could also have an incredible year and just be lights out and turn into that ace we need. Odorizzi is more on Maeda's side where, like, he could, he's more of a proven quantity. We know he can be, like, reliable. And then Hill, he's shown that he can be that ace when he's healthy. He just can't pitch the amount of innings of a workhorse ace. And like you were saying about the bullpen, yeah. we do have a very elite bullpen. Tyler Duffy is an underrated reliever he was lights out one of the best relievers Trevor May has great stuff just incredible stuff that he's had for a long time he's finally able to use it better last year really good attitude too and then Taylor Rogers is a dominant dominant reliever he's one of the best closers in all baseball so yeah definitely um so I think not only this podcast does this podcast rely around baseball but i feel like my life rely like revolves around baseball and um if i can't play it i certainly want to see major leaguers play it um and the cool thing is i think aren't games being played like at home stadiums like so there'll be be games at target field there might be i i i wouldn't be surprised if they had like um the like screens on the screens on the outside of like target field lit up and stuff and playing the games with like limited capacity, but like, I don't know, that might be an idea. Um, there's, there's like some downsides like to, for the twins, like um, 
no, regardless of like our level of competition and how like strong we are on paper, like we have a strong team and we're not really, um, we're not really, uh, playing, uh, sorry about, sorry. Um, we're not really playing the greatest teams. Um, reducing the length of the season is going to really like, we're, we're not going to have as high of a chance getting into the playoffs. I, again, it's not just to the twins, but like, it's just math. Cause like, um, the better teams, like this is a 60 game season. Um, a team like the nationals had a losing record in 60 games last year. And then they won the world series. The twins, it, it's a, it's a such a, it's so much of a smaller sample size. It's almost a one third of the sample size, which is like, if the twins say, get off to a slow start, you know, there's so much of, there's so much higher of a chance of like luck and stuff like that. Like maybe you just go on this two week spurt where like you win all 14 games that's a lot. That's a big chunk of the season that you just completely dominated, but you could be a team like the tigers where you just got really lucky. You know, you just, it, it's, it's so the, it, it's a lot worse for the twins since it's a shorter. I season. mean, yeah, if you think about it, if you Which flip a coin the- five times, there's, it's not likely, but there's like a one in 32 chance, all five come up heads, but yeah. if you flip it 5,000 times, the odds of them all being heads or even like, It'd be the percentage. They'd be way closer to to like fifty fifty. So if you think about it with Major League Baseball, yeah. the more games you play, the more likely it is that it'll come out closer to where you'd expect it to come out. More closer to where the odds are. With the Twins being the better team, they'd be more likely to come out ahead. And with less games, there's a be- better chance that the Twins just lose a couple one run games because they get unlucky. They have a few bad bounces, and all of a sudden, games are worth three times as much this year because you're playing a third of the games as usual. So just a yeah. couple bad bounces and you could be five games out in the division with only like a month yeah. to go. Definitely. Um, it's so, it's so annoying too, you know, um, the, for the past three months, we've been having these economic financial um, health related debates over is baseball coming back. And then they're offering these, like, sh- like, I feel like a lot of the deals that the owners brought out were pretty pointless there's no way they're going to get accepted. They're not expected to be accepted. Um, and then they just offer the same thing over and over again. It's not like it's just we're not playing yet. It's wasting so much time. Do you realize how, like, people are struggling over here? People need baseball. I Like, I certainly need baseball. Um, and that's why you'll see if you, if, if you, like, look on, like, Instagram or YouTube or anything, You'll just see, and like Twitter and stuff, you'll just see it'll be blown up with like um, baseball's coming back because baseball fans are ecstatic. This is, again, things have been looking, things were kind of like 50 50 for me for like two and a half months. And then recently it was like, oh, maybe it will happen after Manfred was like 100% and stuff. And then people were like, oh, maybe that could actually mean something. Then he was like, nope, not probably, maybe not gonna happen. Then I was like, nope, probably not gonna happen. And then now, I mean, obviously, I'm 100% sure that be, or 99% sure it could be canceled for some crazy reason. Um, but I'm sure that, like, the Twins are going to have a season, which is more than I could have hoped for. I wouldn't say I'm sure. There's still a global <laughs> pandemic going on. There, It could be canceled because of that. But, yeah, it's looking more and more yeah. likely by day. I have heard people say that, like, it's irresponsible sports to come back in this time because it's not safe to come back, which – it might not be entirely safe, but they are taking the precautions they can to come back. And also, sports isn't necessary, 
but it's more necessary than the last stuff is opening up because for so many people, sports is something their life revolves around. They build their schedules around watching their team play. They just, they use that as a chance to socialize with people. Like it's just an important part of so many people's lives they rely on that it's not necessary, but it's pretty close to necessary because of how much it means to people and how important it is as a part of their lives, not just the players, but so many of the fans rely on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so some interesting things. Uh, if the season had been 90 games, um, the Twins would have been obviously in great shape. Uh, we would have gone 40 and 20 in our first 60 games, leading the AL Central by nine and a half. Um, we went uh, and then even with like, again, with like even great teams have mediocre 60 game stretches. Like the Twins went 31 and 29 in their worst 60 game stretch last year. That was 60 games. They went 31 and 29. That's just above 500. That's probably about the if, worst. If they do that, if they, this year. again, if they, if they did that this year, they'd probably miss the playoffs, which is again, 60 game season is wild, po- a lot of weird possibilities. You know, the Marlins could have this amazing 60 game stretch. And then like, like Brian Anderson just like goes off, you know, hitting like 50 homers in 60 games. And then they they win the they win the division, and then the Twins are stuck here, just on this. Again, it's going to be hard for everybody to get started, but it could be harder for some teams more than others to get started. Yeah. What I'm just hoping that's not the Twins. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I'm just going to give a few more rules MLB has imposed. You can give a few thoughts on them. Um, they are going to have it. You can't have any chewing tobacco. Um, but gum is permitted. Doesn't say anything about. Uh, sunflower seeds is surprising, but it, I'm so glad they're banning chewing tobacco. It's something that should have been banned anyways, but especially now, just the spitting is unnecessary, and it's something that they should not have in the game. Gum makes sense to have. I'm still not sure about sunflower seeds. You'd think they'd be banned just because of the spitting, but so many players rely on them, so I don't think it would be tough for them to ban that. Another thing is there's no – they call it celebratory contact, so no high fives, fist bumps, hugs after home runs or anything, which is going to be weird to watch. A player hits a home run, he comes back to the dugout, and everyone just looks at him and says, nice work, instead of just, like, running up and giving him a hug and slapping him, which is what they always do. So that's weird. That's going to be weird to see. And there's a few other things where um, if a player's not going to play in the game, like if you're a pitcher in the rotation that's not scheduled to pitch that day, um, you're going to be sitting in the stands instead of in the dugout, which is going to be strange to not have all the guys just chilling there hanging out. But yeah, these are necessary yeah, um, rules to keep people safe. Yeah. And, um, and again, the top part, people might be like, oh, yeah, it takes away from the game of baseball. It's safety is the top priority. I understand baseball is what people want, but we have to take players. Um, uh, we have to take player safety into account. Um, something else, just real quick. Malcolm, we get to see Josh Allen play for the Twins in a regular in regular season games, and hopefully the playoffs. It's gonna be so fun, isn't that's that's. I mean, that lineup probably the power that's in our so lineup: insane. Cruz, Donaldson, Sano, Garvin. Exactly. Those are four of the hardest hitters in all of baseball. Even Kepler and Rosario exactly. can smoke the ball. It's gonna be exactly. so fun to watch. Yeah, it'll it will be. It's yeah, one of the most positive episodes I think we've had in a while. Yeah, and I can't wait for baseball to come back. Um. That's all about all the time we have for today. Um, remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.